One of our favorite guests is Rabbi Daniel Gladstein. Rabbi Gladstein has some amazing books, as you know. Our friends at ArtScroll continue to recommend not only the brand new Haggadah, but all of his great works. Go to ArtScroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Again, ArtScroll.com. Use promo code radio. Rav Daniel Gladstein on the Haggadah. Revolutionary insights into the Haggadah, the Exodus, and the final redemption. Rabbi Daniel Gladstein, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Honored to be on your program. I appreciate that very much. Great to speak to Rabbi Gladstein. Now, we have to be careful here because, because you, you have so many amazing things that you discuss here in the Haggadah, um, and I'd love to discuss all of them with you, but then again, we want people to use the Haggadah at the Seder, so we have to be very careful here, picking and choosing what you and I, <laughs> what you and I are going to discuss. Um, okay, of course, I have, I have my questions. We gotta, let's start if we can with your perspective perspective of wearing the kittel you actually discuss wearing the kittel at the seder without giving it all away rabbi gladstein what can you tell us about this uniqueness where this kittel that we associate of course with one's demise and most closely as uh, you know as living human beings with the holiday of yom kippur why are we wearing a kittel at the seder well like you said let's just give people uh what their appetite a little bit. And it's amazing. There's so many Haggadahs, but there's always more room to open up uh, new new understanding. So a few years ago, I was having a conversation with uh, Harav Penchas Friedman, who's one of the great Darshanim in the world today. And he suggested to me, it was on an Arab Pesach, that you know, there's an idea that one should only seek Torah teaching from a Rebbe if the Rebbe, in the eyes of the student, is on the level of an angel, on the level of a malach. And every Seder night, a parent is charged with the mission of transmitting the Mesorah, transmitting the ideals of Judaism to their children. And what if the child looks up at the parent and says, uh, you know, thinks to themselves, um, my dad, he ate no angel, he ate no malach. So we put on this cloak, we put on this uh, kittel, the Nevi'im tell us that the Malachim are donned in, in white linen. And this allows the father, allows the parent to assume the role of a Malach. And thereby, it facilitates the transmission of all the great ideals that we're giving over the night of the Seder. You know, so so all, the, all the customs that we have the night of the Seder, we say they're, they're founded on uh, great mountains. There, there are so many layers of meaning for every custom that we practice. Oh, it's so amazing. I love how you remind us that the Haggadah, which again, it might be the most published work. I mean, outside of the Torah itself and a Chumash, the Haggadah might be uh, the uh, uh, the um, uh, the book, the the publication that has the most books written about it, meaning meaning further Haggadahs like yours that are written uh, to enhance one Seder, because it seems endless in terms of the approach. Now, we always use the term Baal Haggadah, Gada. That is, oh, yet in Judaism, it is not like us to not seek out the 
actual author of a specific work. In fact, when it comes to Tehillim as an example, I mean, although David HaMelech obviously is, 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 you know, we attribute most of it to David HaMelech, still, there are so many debates and discussions about who it is, in fact, that the writer is. Why with the Haggadah do we go with this general term and not do what you did, which is toss in some very interesting names of those who might have been involved in the eventual formation of the Haggadah? Yeah, that, that's actually a brilliant question. So while, while you refer, we have a very lengthy essay on 10 possible candidates for who may have written the Haggadah. But, you know, it begs the question, why, has this, why is this such a mystery? You know, how could it be such a mystery? How the most published work of all time, where the author is still shrouded in... in uh, in haze and confusion. Right. And, <laughs> exactly. you know, there's an essay in the back of the Haggadah, which may shed some light upon this, and that is the main character, if you may say, of the Haggadah is also not mentioned in the Haggadah, and that is Moshe Rabbeinu, right. where his name basically does not appear. I mean, there is one reference, we say, Vayamino Bashem of Moshe Abdo, but you would expect, I mean, we know... We have a tradition his name appears something like 613 times in the Chumash. I mean, you got it. You would have thought he gets at least a dozen mentions, <laughs> a dozen shout-outs in the Haggadah. Right. And he's he's really not he's really not there. And one of the main the, the important reasons is that the Haggadah is a book of redemption of Geula, and we have a great principle: Ein Lanu Melech Gael Ela Ata. We yeah. only have one Redeemer, and that's God. And perhaps that's the reason why. It was it was sort of important not to know who wrote the Haggadah to be able whoever did write it wanted all attention deflected from themselves and all eyes on Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It's the night of Anivulai Malach, Anivulai Saraf, Anivulai Shliach. It's a it's a night to focus on the uh, power and the. Um, and it works out perfectly it works out perfectly in the reverse meaning that uh just like we are just like just like Moshe Rabbeinu for instance would say hey it's not me you know I'm not the one responsible for this in a good way of course and in praise of the one above Mm -hmm. we you know insist on insist is the wrong word but I think you'll know what I mean we insist on on only referring to him as the Balagada because we as members of the Jewish nation are going out of our way to realize and to make sure and to emphasize that it's only he the one above with the capital H that's responsible for all of this Absolutely. And actually, this, this insight that you just brought out is so valuable. And even after writing this Haggadah, I never crystallized it until this morning. So um, it was worthwhile to be on the program <laughs> just to be able to come out with some new insight. I appreciate you know? that. And, you know, I, I bring out uh, from um, Rev Miller, Rev Victor Miller, that one of the possibilities is the Haggadah is ever-increasing. Every year, there are more commentaries. And is that the Jewish people are, in a sense, the author of the Haggadah. So, and the conversation continues this morning, as we say, "V'chol hamar v'hariz on the Shubach." Yeah, no question about it. Yeah. I'm just thinking. And a few minutes ago, we were talking about. Uh about Israel and obviously the eventuality, the Hevesi, right, and the fifth cup and everything. And it's amazing when we get to the most important aspects of our tradition, the most important aspects, our greatest leaders are are left out. When it comes, I mean, again, 
it may be a strange comparison I'm making, but Moshe Rabbeinu never made it into Eretz Yisrael. Forget about the reasons for a moment. I'm just saying that, again, you know, he, he's not the one who brought us. The one above is the one who brought us. And, and on a much smaller level, obviously, right. as we're emphasizing, you know, when it comes to really important things in our tradition, we have to go out of our way to remember and make sure that the only one who gets all the credit is the one above. I mean, it, this works so well into Shara Bitacha. It works so well into, you know, put all your faith in the one above. It just, it, it just goes on and on and on, frankly. And, and in a lot of ways, by the way, Seder night is a night of faith. As much as every day is a day of faith for us, because as we know, when it comes to Emunah and Bitachon, it's something that needs, you know, to be exercised every single day. You need to make sure to, you know, to, to exercise that muscle. Uh, when it comes to Seder night, is it an enhanced uh, a night of Emunah and Bitachon? Leil Shimurim, right? It's, a, it's an enhanced level of, of Emunah and Bitachon, really. Absolutely. Yeah, one of my favorite ideas... Uh, about the Haggadah, which is, you know, when you think about it, it's bookended with a very unusual tefillah. We we both begin and end the Haggadah. We we begin the Haggadah, next year in Jerusalem. <laughs> right. And we end the Haggadah, right. I mean, that's that's always a nice tefillah, but why begin and end the Seder, which is not about that at all. It's about the Exodus. It's about something that happened 3,300 years ago. Why begin and end with a, a prayer that next year we should be in Jerusalem? And there's a very important idea, and perhaps the most important idea, that all the events we're commemorating and all the events we're speaking about were a trial run, were a dress rehearsal of sorts, were what we call ma'aseh avoy were a pre-enactment for the miracles of the final redemption. And we have to tell our children you know, we're not just re- reading a book of ancient history. This is the book as a paradigm of what the final redemption will look like. And it happened. All of these miracles, HaKadosh Baruch Hu performed in order to bring about the miracles of the future. So we have to tell our children, you know, they're coming attractions for the Jewish people. Actually, the coming attractions will be on a much grander scale. So the appropriate bookends of the Haggadah are next year in Jerusalem, because that's the, the objective of the miracles of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We refer to the miracles in Haggadah as Taiva Kefula Umechutelas, benefits that are doubled, multi-layered, because each benefit is multi-layered. It was for then, but it's also for the future. So, you know, when the kid sits back and says, oh, I know this story. No, no, this is, that's only the beginning. That's only the start. The real story, we hope will happen for us, and that's what we're anticipating. So Shimurim, as you mentioned, could mean a night that we're guarded, but it also means a night that Hashem is waiting for and that we're waiting for. Shimurim could mean anticipating, like in the Pasuk, the Aviv Shamar Hadavar. So it is a night of Shimurim. It's the night we're waiting for because, you know, we have a tradition, the redemption will occur in Nisan, like... Uh, the Nisan Nigalu, the Nisan Asidan Ligal, and Nisan we were redeemed and were destined to be redeemed. But further, the Medrash says, the Tesvav, the Nisan Nigalu, the Tesvav, the Nisan Asidan Ligal. That on the 15th of Nisan, we're, we're destined to be redeemed on that precise date. So, although we could be redeemed at any time, it means that date is very predisposed for the potential of redemption. 
So yeah. we're all waiting. We're all shimurim for, for all of these great events to reoccur for us in our times. And, and boy, do we need it. I just want to remind uh, uh, some of the rabbis in our audience. I spent a lot of time this morning discussing or imploring and begging the rabbinic leaders in the diaspora uh, to spend the Shabbos Hagadol Drasha with a national message. Spend that time with a national message. Everybody out there, the future of the Jewish peoples in the state of Israel. We've said that a million times. Um, Rabbi Gladstein basically just wrote the drusha for you. Basically, he just wrote, just do the drusha based on why we start with Lashana Bab Haradi Israel and we end with Lashana Bab Yushalayim. Just do that part and you'll be fulfilling an amazing and incredible mission of including a national message in the Shabbos Hagadol Drusha. Rabbi Daniel Gladstein is with us live via telephone. I am sitting here in Jerusalem. He is in the New York area, and we are speaking about the brand new Haggadah, Revolutionary Insights into the Haggadah, the Exodus, and the Final Redemption. Uh, Rabbi Gladstein's work is available at the Art Scroll website. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. All right, Rabbi Gladstein, you know that one of the main reasons we're here is to celebrate and Bezrat Hashem, Bezrat Hashem. We will uh, uh, be celebrating, including having Shever Brachos at the Seder, if there's a minion. If not, then certainly during the uh, during the Chag. And you said to me uh, that you actually have a Shever Brachos appropriate vart, if you will, based on the new Haggadah. What is that? Well, you know, look, you could not have set me up any better. <laughs> um, I want to take this opportunity on behalf of, you know, your thousands of listeners, to wish you a very uh, hearty mazel tov. Thank you. And uh, the, the chuppah and the chasna should be, we say, b'shat taivo matzlachat. Amen. And as, as you're a national, international figure, so you, the wedding in your family should represent the international wedding of, of the Jewish people to Hashem, the night of the Seder. This is one of my favorite uh, concepts, that eating the matzah, is a bond that we have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu that is unparalleled in any mitzvah we perform. I mean, just think about the act of eating where, you know, we could wear tefillin, so we're taking the idol of the mitzvah, we tie it onto ourselves or we cover ourselves with a talis. But here we're taking the item of a mitzvah and we're ingesting it into ourselves mm. and we're reconstituting our molecules from, from masa, from an item of a mitzvah. So the eating of a mat of masa is considered a union with with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. To the extent, and now we understand why it's so important to be careful not to eat matzah prematurely, right? Because we have to wait to uh, consummate the marriage at the appropriate time. And I was I was astonished that in the writing of many of the Rishonim, they discuss that because eating matzah is likened to a wedding. The, there are there are seven blessings that we make at the seder, and they are actually the sheva brachos. And there there must be five, six, seven different opinions. What exactly the seven blessings are? Which which blessings are counted? But what's really beautiful is the Vilna Gaon writes that by covering the matzah, that is the badekin, that is so to speak preparing the kala for the chuppah. Oh wow! And many of the many of the customs. In fact, there's even an opinion. If possible, and this is not followed halachically, but it just shows you the extent of, of the importance of this concept. To, if you can, uh, to have a to have a minion at your at your seder to be to fulfill the shever brachos of the seder with a minion. Of course, that's not uh, 
halakhically mandated. Right. But nevertheless, it gives you an insight into the, the reality of this concept that the uh, Seder is an actual Shabbat Rachel. And, and, and there's so many points here. You know, we, we, were, we were warned we were warned early on that, um, that there's a quote-unquote problem or something we need to be aware of because you can't add a kosher bracha to the Dalit Kosos to the four cups of wine. So Rav Moshe actually has a tshuva yeah. about how to do shever brachas at the Seder because of that problem, which was, you know, remarkable that the whole, you know, that we even discussed the issue. It's so funny. And then, yeah. and then why does a groom not see a bride seven days before the wedding? The same reason we don't eat yeah. matzah seven days before the wedding, right? Seven days before the seder. Same reason because yeah. it should be. It should be. You should long for it. It should be make be be even more meaningful to you when you eventually uh, meet up with that person or meet up with that matzah, which I find fascinating that you you know that you alluded to that. There's so many components yeah. to this that are so similar. I never even thought of it at my age. How did I not know about this yet? Now do this with me. I know. I know you say there's probably machlokas in and different versions, but let's let's do it together because. I, Otherwise, my listener, Josh Levine, is going to be, come on, how can you not mention at least seven of the brachas? So obviously, Kiddush would be the first, okay. right? Kiddush would be the first, obviously, right? Okay. Well, well okay, good. And, and in Kiddush, you have, in Kiddush, three brachas, right? You have the Bori Piyadafen. Right. You have... Which, um, by the way, Bar- and, and I remind you, Bori Piyadafen starts the wedding ceremony <laughs> also. Exactly. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead. So Barbara Guff and then the Bracha in Kiddush plus Shekhyonu, okay. that would be a total of three so far. Okay. Then you have uh, what we call Kiddush HaSayom, which, which right. is Baruch HaTashem Mekadesh Yisrael HaZmanim. Right. And then, of course, you have Shekhyonu. Uh, right. And, you know, it's interesting. At, at a Chasana, you typically do not have a Shekhyonu, but the Sfarzim do. But the night of the seder, we're all making the shachiano. Right, so we're all we're all on it. I I was saying to myself, I wonder if anybody says a shachiano at the at the wedding, and of course, there's a Sparta custom to do so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what would be okay. number four? What would then, be the fourth? Um, okay, the bori prehadama on the karpas. Right. That's okay. four. Then you have on the second kalis asher alano. Right. That's five. And the bori prehadafen on the second kalis. Right. And then Al Matilas Yadayim. Right. Then Al Matilas Yadayim. Those are seven. Those are the seven that uh, are identified by the Vilna Gaim. You know, and then he could ask, well, why didn't he count Kamoitsky? Yeah. Why didn't right. he count Akhilas Matsa? Right. Yeah, he didn't even. He didn't, he, didn't, to buy he, didn't, the he didn't even count any of the Dalit Kosos <laughs> except for Kiddush. He didn't count any of the extra Dalit Kosos. But lay, look, if it's good for my, it's if it's good for my Sab Elio because we were ten generations from the Vilna Gaon, it's good enough for me. <laughs> Simple as that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whose yards? Oh no, I was going to say his yard site's coming up, but his yard site is Cholamoyd Sukkis, if I'm not mistaken. It's not Cholamoyd Pesach. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so now um, the Vilna Gaon certainly has what to say on the Haggadah. No, no question about it. Isn't it, if I, am I right that it's the Vilna Gone? Why occasionally we would use two matzahs at a seder, right? That's his. Yeah, yeah, I believe yeah, he used yeah. two matzahs at a seder. So, if I'm not mistaken, he, he was the one who who used two. And uh, now they're in Yerushalayim, and there's so many customs for the uh, Vilna Gone that are followed here. Maybe we'll find some people that are using two uh, two matzahs for their seder. Who knows? <laughs> Rabbi Daniel Gladstein is with us. Rabbi Daniel Gladstein on the Haggadah. It's brand new from Artscroll. Check it out, artscroll.com, of course. Promo code radio. Uh, all right, let's do a couple of more things um, uh, that have to do with the Haggadah. Um, 
do you have a unique approach to Dayenu? Is there anything about Dayenu that, uh, you know, th- this whole concept of um, being thankful to the one above and recognizing that if, his th- that if his goodness would have ended, if his generosity would have ended at any point during this entire process, that would have been enough. That would have been a, such, so much gratitude we'd have for him just for that. And, of course, uh, Kakarosh Baruch, who went ahead and continued uh, this incredible... Um, yeah, uh, I mean, the, yeah, that's an important point. The, the Gemara tells us about... Uh, somebody who got up to Davin and they started uh, praising Hashem, HaKel, HaGadol, HaGibar, uh, the mighty, the strong, the magnificent, the majestic, and he kept on going and going, and they basically said, you know, yeah, you know, remove the guy, enough already. What what he, he thinks he's going to say all the praises of Hashem. So Gemara teaches us that when you praise Hashem, you have to just say the script and don't add anything, because you can't possibly... Uh, pronounce, you can possibly articulate all of God's praises. And yet the night of the Seder, we do just the opposite. We say, if Hashem would have just done this, it would have been enough. And we go on and on and on and on. And we even say, you know, the more you do, the better off you are. I mean, that flies in the face of what we normally say when it comes to to Sila. But the answer is, is very important, very basic. And that is, if somebody was down in the dumps, and they had no money, and they had no clothing, and they had no family, and a benefactor came and swept them out of a pit and dressed them and gave them a job and helped them get married and build a family. If you would go over to the benefactor and say, thank you, that would be terrible. Right. Just thank you? Well, well, I can't possibly thank the person for everything. Well, well, give it a shot. Give it a Start and do as much as you can. When it comes to gratitude, you have to express yourself as much as possible. Otherwise, it would be kifoy taiva. It would really be ingratitude. And the night of the three there, the, you know, it, it's just amazing. <laughs> we talk about the word hagada. What does that word mean? Where does it come from? Where does the word hagada come from? And there's an amazing comment of Avodraham one of the Rishayim, who says the word Hagada comes from a Pasuk in Parashat Kisavai by the farmer who brings his first fruit up to Jerusalem, and he says the word, I proclaim today. The Targum translates the word as the Oidinat, I thank you today. The word Hagada means thank you. That is the definition of the word. And therefore, it, 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 to fulfill that, we have to be as descriptive as possible. We have to break down all the gifts of Hashem, one by one by one. We have to try not to leave even a single one out. When we praise Hashem, when we talk about His greatness, we just read the script. But when we thank Hashem, and that's the objective of the night of Zedek, as you mentioned from your Zedek, the Velma Gain, where right. many... Many of the themes of the seed are in the number of four, whether it's the four questions and the four sons and the four cups of wine, uh, corresponding to the four people who have to display gratitude to Hashem, one who crossed the sea, one who crossed the desert, one who's healed, one who's let out of prison. And we, we experience all of these those benefits when we left Egypt. So right. The main theme of, of the Haggadah is uh, gratitude. Kind of other oh, that's... Oh, that is great. 
That is just great. Again, one of those varts I'd never heard before. The four corresponding to the four who are um, who are required to bench Gomel, right? Who are required to publicly express yeah, gratitude yeah, in that yeah. unique manner. Yeah. Uh, we call Berch Gomel. If you're not yeah. familiar with that, folks, consult with your with your rabbi. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and that, and that corresponds to that. Rabbi Gladstein, I need you to do one more thing for me uh, as we remind everybody that Rabbi Daniel Gladstein has the brand-new Haggadah. Go to artscroll.com, use promo code RADIO. One more thing, you know, there are people who just don't read. There are, and this is not a criticism. It's just a reality. They don't enjoy it. Uh, and there are people who regret they sit at the Seder. They don't have anything to say. So I want to give everyone out there who, who wants to participate but finds it, you know, find themselves the biggest obstacle to participating, I want to give them a vart that they will not forget between now and next Wednesday night. How about telling everybody about the, uh, the vart that the Rav Nachman of Breslov has when it comes to the four suds? Okay. Because <laughs> I think people, uh, I think people will, sure? rem- will remember this cute vart. You're referring to to shacharis? Correct. The word shacharis. Okay. Okay. So, um, is this an amazing revelation of the mess of Breslov, where the uh, famous, the historic seder, where Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Levin Azariah. Uh, they keep in their path and they're sitting in the Nebrak and they're talking about the story the whole night. And they got so carried away, students had to come and say, Rabbis, Gigia Zaman Kriyashima Shal Shacharis. And the Nachman of Russell says, that word Shacharis is the trigger word, that's a very important word. Shin stands for Shaina Yadea Lisho, Ches, Chacham, Reish, Rasha, Taf, Tam. In other words, it's time to address all four sons. This is the night of Shachar. It's the night where all children are given the front row seat. It's a night where we address every child. And it's really amazing that the Tyra has what to offer and what to say to every type of person. It's just whether a person is uh, curious, wise, if a person is, is uh, what we call a Russia, if a person has uh, challenges with the use of a rat, Whatever a person's personality is, whatever a person's inclinations are, the Torah has what to say to them. And that's why we begin before Psalms and say, Baruch Shanasan Torah La'ama Yisrael. Blessed are you, God, that you gave us such a magnificent Torah that has what to say to every type of person, in every generation, in every time, in every era. And that's the greatness of our Torah, that it's timeless. And, uh, that's why in every generation there are always new commentaries and new insights. It's endless. It's infinite. Look, and the, uh, and the, bo- and the bottom and the bottom line is there's such an important message here. Parents, teachers, rabbeim, everybody, those who concentrate for good reason, not a criticism, on their own self-development, especially when it comes to Torah and davening and Sipriyatius Yitzhak, etc. Let us not forget one of the most important parts of all of our missions, and that's to make sure the four types of children, every category of child, is addressed the way they need to be and is addressed as often as possible. Yeah. That's, and, my, uh, that's my takeaway from that. That, that's, that's uh, you know, interesting. There's one child who's not there at the Seder. And I know there's a famous take on this, but uh, my take on it, on this is the one child that's not at the Seder is the Sabbath. 
Right. You have a chacham, but you don't have a tzaddik. Because we're trying to groom all of our children to be that tzaddik. And that's the objective of the evening, that we should elevate all of our children and our entire family, and especially ourselves, to become the amech kulam tzaddikim. We should that Rabbi Gladstein, you're going to enhance a lot of people's storm this year. That I can tell you. I hope we didn't reveal too much. There's still plenty for people to read, right? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. We just scratched the surface. <laughs> Rabbi Gladstein, I take this opportunity to wish you a chag kosher for sameach. Mazel tov on the brand new Haggadah. It's spectacular. And I hope a lot of people out there will take advantage and, uh, and get it and enjoy it starting this coming Wednesday night. Amen. Chag kosher sameach to you. And mazel Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Rabbi Daniel Gladstein, everybody. Oh, yeah, not this coming, not this upcoming Wednesday, but next Wednesday night, of course. Rabbi Daniel Gladstein on the Haggadah. Check it out, everybody. It's an Art Scroll publication. You know what that means. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio, artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio for your free shipping and major discount. We've got plenty more coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.